0: Hi, this is Jerry Reynolds for Sacramento Electronic Supply, who has been servicing the Sacramento area's industrial electronic needs for over 75 years. Family owned and operated, Sacramento Electronics is a registered California small business that prides themselves on their customer service. Their showroom and warehouse are open to the public to browse. Whether you're looking for wire and cable tools and testers connectors or relays sacramento electronics is open for you monday through friday 8 30 a.m to 4 p.m directly south of costco and rancho cordova or hey visit them online 24 7 at www.sacelec.com and do it Oh, another rebound in a crowd by the Brockness Monster. Ooh, that would be Pedro, ooh. Jim Bob Goli, holy moly. How about the tasmanian Slovenian with the stop, drop, and pop? Tiffany Hop huh? in the King Harold Barbershop.
1: You're listening to the King's Herald Show, a bi-weekly NBA podcast that covers all the ups and downs, ins and outs of your one and only Sacramento Kings. As always, I'm your host Will Griffith, and with me today, writer for the King's Herald, my
2: co-host Tony Zipteris. Tony, how's it going, bud? Will the the drought is over? The Kings have clinched. I'm doing pretty good.
1: That is great. That you're absolutely right. We're going to spend all day today talking about that.
2: So before
1: then, uh, he's a former Sacramento Kings head coach, GM, and color analyst. GM of a WNBA champion, Indiana Basketball Hall of Famer. It's the true pride of French like himself. It's Jerry Reynolds. Hey, Jerry, as always, absolute pleasure to have you today.
0: Well, great to be with you guys, as always. And I uh, guess we've got a lot to
1: talk about. You're absolutely right, we do. So this podcast might feel a little more off-kilter than usual. Might feel a little less put together because even though some time has passed, at least for me, reality certainly continued to pass before my eyes. It felt kind of surreal having to, to write it that the Sacramento Kings have clinched a playoff spot. For the first time since 2006, I had nothing else to say when I wrote the intro. I had no jokes to crack, and I believe me, I tried. If I can find a place to force a joke, I'll throw it in there. So so we'll start here. Uh, we'll start with Jerry. Jerry, as a as a man who has worn so many hats in Sacramento, who has had to struggle like Mike Brown, like a Monty McNair, to get the ship turned around, what was it like seeing the Kings finally reach uh, the base camp of success, uh, clinching a playoff spot?
0: Well, it, it was great. I mean, this has been, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's had its down times, but overall this has been such a fun team. Uh, uh, just a, a joy to watch most of the time. Their offense is terrific. We know that. Uh, their defense is terrible. We know that. <laughs> uh, they're an amazingly good team on the road an amazingly disappointing team at home for some reason, which I don't understand, but all in all, it's just what what a fun year it's been. And just all credit to Monty McNair and Mike Brown and players. uh, You know, it's like I was on 1140 a little bit the other day, and they were saying, uh, you know, did you you tear up a little bit when it happened? I said, did you see me tear up? They said, no. Then I ain't, I'll deny it. Then you got no. You got no evidence of it. And I said, I'm from French Lick. We don't. We're manly men. You know. So anyway, but yeah, it's a, a special time, no doubt about it. And we just got to keep it in perspective and what we thought was going to happen, what has happened.
1: That's absolutely right, Tony. As a, as a Kings fan for all these years, as someone who is had to watch games early into the mornings having to write late into the nights, edit podcasts at all hours for, for, for more than a few years now uh, put into words as, as best you can. Cause I know I struggled with it. What's been going through your head, uh, uh, since watching the Kings clinch last week.
2: Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's weird. I know, um, Greg Wissinger, who does an incredible job kind of running editorial for the Kings Herald kind of said the same thing, like, Hey, any, any of you guys want to write something about how you're feeling, uh, about the Kings clinching, please do. And I thought to myself, yeah, that's a great idea. I'd love to do that if I can find words that that make sense. But it's a it's a weird feeling. It's this whole season has been an adjustment in how you watch or how Kings fans. I'll speak for myself, I guess. Mostly though, watch basketball like going from what felt like a. This is going to sound more important than than it is, but like a like a watchdog position as a blogger, like you kind of felt like you were the, you had to get the message out with how, for how bad the Kings have been because the national media wasn't talking about it and ESPN wasn't talking about it, and then to transition so hard from from 16 years of losing to not just a, a decent team or an OK team where you can still find things to be critical about to a team that is the three seed in the West and blows expectations out of the water and you can really just sit back and be a fan of the team, like the reason you started writing and watching in the first place is just to watch basketball and and a good team. It's been an adjustment for me in how to talk and write about the Kings, um, but I am definitely enjoying it. This is much better. Like for as difficult as it can be to talk about it, I'll take all those difficulties and a three seed. Then, you know, my comfort zone, which I am learning, has actually been a losing team. So uh, I'm I'm excited that the Kings are good, and I, I hope it continues. Um, but yeah, just just turning back into a fan has been nice. You, you don't feel that weight of like, oh, man, someone needs to fix these guys or or we need to get smart people in place. It's like, no, now actually the guys who are in charge are much smarter than the bloggers and they're and they're doing much better. They're making much better basketball decisions than you'll see on Twitter, which t- felt like it wasn't the case before. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it, it feels like there's actually like smart people running the team. And that's a very strange. Um, But it's all good. It's all good things. It's just weird mixed emotions and trying to figure out how to talk about a good team now.
1: Yeah, I don't really necessarily want to call it power, but it was hard to give up. You you called it watchdog, and I think that's great. It was hard for me to give up my ability to just like have to look at everything with an extra critical eye. Like, okay, not just from the lens of a basketball team, but like this is the Sacramento Kings. How are they going to screw this up or what are we you know, what are they doing that I'm going to have to my foot down next week and be like no not today uh it i i I always joke that like i would have to give up writing previews when the kings got good because like i it's hard for me to like just write about basketball like every year since i've started this i've ended up like halfway through the season being like all right i'm reviewing i'm reviewing movies and books you know send me movies and books to review instead of writing a preview or like every every you know season there was two or three times where i would have to be like i am sick and tired of this like i am I need to write 2000 words extolling just how painful watching this King season is in this season. I just had to review games and it got very weird for me. Like when it came time to clinch, I, you know, we're in the same chat and Greg had mentioned like, Hey, anything you guys want to write, write." And I was like, Oh, I'm definitely, I'm jumping in on this. I'm going to spend 3000 words. I couldn't do it. I just, (laughs) I didn't know how to say it. It might take me a whole off season before I can go, okay, the Kings are good and I'm finally adjusting to this. But uh, I'm, I'm not there yet. The Kings being good is such a shock. And every step along the way, I had to like tell my fiance, just wait, like the other shoe will drop, you know, Fox will got injured or Sabonis will break that thumb again and he'll be out. I'm like, they're going to wind up fighting for a playing spot and I'm going to end up disappointed. My heart's going to break and waiting for that moment again and again and again. And there were some bad losses. There were some ugly losses this, this season, but it was like, i never got to the point where I'm like this is it oh here we go now they're gonna now they're gonna reel off 10 losses in a row and it's over with the kings were just consistently good all season it's weird i don't i don't like it i'm not comfortable with it i'm rooting for it but I, still, <laughs> I still i still don't know how to approach it yet so it, 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 it'll take some time i think okay so um as the kings toy with clinching the pacific division um We've, we've heard some discussion about these more experienced teams like the Warriors, the Clippers, the Lakers. They all want the Kings as a first-round matchup. Jerry, I guess I'll go to you first. As a former coach, um, how much of this is just wishing? You know, just, just hey, you know, well, we'd love the Kings because they're inexperienced. And how much of this is actually tactics and gamesmanship trying to hit the moving target of a matchup with the Kings coming into the final few games of the season?
0: That's probably a little bit of all of that. I I mean I do think that with the West being what it is, which is so balanced, yeah. and no and and really no scary teams at all. You know, I mean, if I were the Kings, I would not be scared to play anybody in the first round. And if I'm one of the other teams. I wouldn't be scared to play anybody in the first round. And, and then when you look at the Kings in particular, they're the, maybe the least experienced team with the high. So you have to factor that in. And then I guess if I'm a coach of one of the other teams, I'd say, well, I don't know if, you know, they're good. I don't know if we can beat them, but I know we can score on them. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so that I always think that probably factors in, you know, because, uh, Invariably, you're thinking, "How are we going to score on this team?" Well, you know that, that's not a problem. Uh, the problem is stopping the team, and so that's 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 so that's a wholly different conversation. But uh, you know, I, I always say too they, that the team's a little more experienced than they think. I mean, not the Sacramento Kings, but I mean, Domas has played in a lot of playoff games. Uh, Kevin Herter has, Harrison Barnes has, yeah. uh, so. You know, it's not just totally new experience for key guys.
1: Tony, um, do you have any preference yet? I know it's. I know we still got some some games to go, and a lot can change between now and then. Do you have any preference between the Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, and say like the Pelicans on who you'd rather face?
2: Uh, man, it's the West is so weird. Like I was looking at the different odds and different playoff scenarios all day today, trying to figure out how to answer a question like this. But I think there's just too many games left to to say who's going to finish where and too many of these teams are playing each other the kings control their own destiny too to a certain extent because they play two of these teams that are kind of in the mix and fighting for a spot but if i had to pick if i had my way at this point i think i'd take the clippers or the pelicans i feel like it's not going to be the pelicans though so of the teams that i really think it's going to be i'd take the pelicans not because sorry i'd take the clippers not because i think they're easy to beat but paula george is injured and That's kind of it for me. If it was Paul George and a healthy Kawhi, I might, I might switch gears again, but that is the only thing I can look at from these teams that are so evenly, evenly, it's such an even matchup for all of them. So I'll take the one with the injuries.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I'd take the Clippers, Uh, you know, and it's not that I think they would be an easy out, but with Paul George's injury, I think they're a little more vulnerable and uh, you know, but I also know that they would be a tough out, but I, I honestly am a little scared of the Dubs. I'll admit that. Uh, You know, they're the defending champions, and any team that has Steph Curry, I get a little concerned. I might say the Pelicans. You know, who knows? They may be playing the very best of any of them. When as we wind down here, we'll learn a little bit tomorrow. But but I mean, Zion will come back if he does. I, I don't expect him to be. Hundred percent, but he doesn't have to be to help them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And and they, you know, Ingram and McCollum and Valanchunas, they've got some. You know, they've got a nice team. That was a real tough, tough out last year.
1: I'm curious, Jerry, only because it's kind of a unique situation. I, I, I pondered this question prior to the podcast on who I would take. And like the prideful man in me is like, bring me the Lakers. Like I want to, I want to lop their heads off right away and then put the Warriors in the second round and we'll get them. And we're going to go to a Western conference finals, having vanquished all of our demons all all in one fell swoop. But I, I'm curious as I was considering the Warriors as one of those teams, how, how, how much can, can the brain drain between the Kings and the Warriors where the Warriors coaching staff, you know, a decent amount of them came to the Kings. How much of an advantage can that be for Mike Brown in terms of like, hey, I know these players in and out. A couple of our coaches know these players intimately. How can you? I mean, as a former coach, as a former GM, can that can that be a, a difference maker in terms of a seven game series between these guys? I think I think it can.
0: I really do. I mean, if there's anybody that knows the Warriors or the best way you might beat the Warriors, what few little intricacies that might, might help. And, and, you know, and that's all it takes is just a few things. It's the guy sitting on the King's bench, yeah. <laughs> Mike Brown. And so, you know, he knows those guys, uh, obviously they know him, but they don't know the King's players are certainly Steve Kerr doesn't like he knows their players. So yeah, I think that's a, a legitimate advantage
1: is it more likely to you that that one team out of this kind of uh, separates themselves in these last few games Do you guys feel like I mean the Pelicans are playing hot the Lakers have gone from 13th to uh, what I'm looking right now they're at they're at seventh is there any one of these teams that you feel like, like it's getting hot at this moment where it's just like that's the reason I don't want to touch them like the Warriors have been kind of middling they're not very good on the road. Are there any of these teams that you're just like, just because of how hot they're getting? That's the one I don't want to touch.
0: Well, I mean, I think the I've watched the Lakers lately, and they're good. Damn, I hate to say that. I yeah. just hate to say that. But they're, you know, they that lot the roster they have now, and you know, with obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis are, are, you know, great near great players, and and now Austin Reeves is really he's a basketball player. And now Van, you know Vanderbilt getting hurt, but that raw, uh, raw Hashimura is a good. I mean, they've got depth. Truder, uh, they're, they're they they scare me, and I, and I just, I guess, I dislike them so much, and it, it just, it just, it just, oh, I, I, it would keep me awake at night. So that, that, that I don't know, I don't any more to say. And I think the Pelicans, you know, obviously the Suns, we know, you know, who they are yeah. and how good they are. But I think the Pelicans are getting better, certainly the Lakers. And, and I, you know, so so really in my mind, it's like, yeah, I Clippers Clippers, who I want first round. And, and I, I'm not as scared of the Warriors as I probably am of the Lakers, you know, the Lakers. And so just because who they are and, you know, when you've got two first ballot kind of Hall of Famers that are healthy. Uh, you you need to be a little scared sure.
1: okay only because it brought it up jerry i'm I'm going off script here a little bit there was recently a uh, there's a podcast out there that uh they like to uh garner attention by saying really stupid things and uh fairly recently it was like oh if the mavericks and the kings played in the playoffs the mavericks could shut down sabonis by i think the guy said forcing him to go right if you just force them out of sabonis to go right the series is over right so this is the level of basketball discussion we're talking about, I'm not saying it's any higher or lower than what I can give to you guys, but they also brought up recently that they felt like Austin Reeves will end up being the third best player on a championship level roster. Do you, I, I want your opinion on this, Jerry? only because these guys are kind of kind of out there a little bit. Do you feel like Austin Reeves? only because you brought him up, has the ceiling of a third best player on a championship team, or do you feel like Austin Reeves is settling into just about what he's going to be in this league?
0: Well, I think Austin Reeves is a player, but if he's your third best player, you're probably not a championship team. Uh, you know, I think, you know, and I, I think the, the guy has just proven a lot, you know, obviously he should have been a first round pick. He wasn't, he wasn't even drafted, uh, but the guy makes the Lakers better because he is a skilled player who makes a right play and the ball doesn't stick, which you've got a couple of guys where it sticks. And uh, so that's important. But, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty ridiculous. And then, uh, yeah, so come on. Sabonis, Sabonis is a player. Yeah, he's left-handed. <laughs> So's Fox. Fox. But they can go right. And, and, and actually, they can go right and spin back left or go left and spin back right. I, I mean, the guy's an idiot. That's
1: Man. all. Thank you, Jerry. I appreciate you saying that. I wasn't going to say it as long as you said we co-sign on it. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm trying to keep this discussion at a thousand feet in terms of like discussing kind of the broader themes of what's to come and what's happened over the last few weeks. But there's a couple of specific games that happened recently that I want to talk about just so I can get a sense of what Jerry and Tony think here. Um, the first is, a, is, a, is that Timberwolves game, a game in which the Kings had a chance to clinch a playoff berth at home with a Wolves team that was missing Carl Anthony Towns. Uh the Kings, uh, not not to spoil anyone, the Kings fudged it a little bit, uh, losing by four. Obviously, the Wolves are a decent team. But uh, Jerry, how much can you attribute some of that play, that that particular game, on the pressure of playing in front of a Sacramento crowd like that with those stakes at hand? Or or, or is this was simply just a loss to a team that wasn't much worse than the Kings?
0: Well, I, I will say I think that's a tough the Timberwolves are a tough matchup for the King or they were that night. Yeah. And I, I, and honestly, I think, uh, you know, that's why we're seeing Alex Lynn playing. Mm. Uh, You know, I think there's some real issues there matching up with that team. And, and honestly, I honestly think the Timberwolves play better with slow-mo uh, playing uh, as a starter instead of yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, if you want to know the truth, uh, you know, <laughs> that they're just more versatile. But uh, but that's a tough matchup. Uh, they're, they're a good team yeah. that are capable of beating, beating the Kings, just or the Kings. So it's yeah. a – like I say, that's one of those matchups I don't like, although I, I'm hoping if they were to play, you know, Alex Lynn, I think, could could help in that matchup. Sure. And I think that I would be hoping that Carl Anthony Towns would play because I think he's really out of shape
1: sure. and
0: yeah. uh, might, might be a little – little easier to you know with the transition game that the kings have to be very effective but you know uh yeah i didn't really take it in you know it's very disappointing you know i i thought that you know it's one of those deals to where you're counting on something you shouldn't count on uh as a hundred percent thing which made it even worse you know it's a little bit like the Lakers back in 1970 or something, expecting they're going to beat the Celtics and have the balloons up in the in the rafters, and they and and uh, they basically got to you know eat them.
1: Yeah, yeah, Tony, I'm I'm curious. I I, I Tony, Jerry, I, I just to start, I I agreed. I was one of those things that everybody was ready for it. Oh, this is clinch day. We're all wearing purple. We're all going to the arena. It's done with and just that, that meter, that, that Kings, that Kings related thought in my head was just constantly like, Oh boy, uh, this is the day we lose this one. I I had a chance to go to the game. I didn't go to the game. I was like, I don't want to be there when they lose this one. I just, there's too much 16 years of history of expecting something and the wrong thing to happen uh, right. As you expect it. Uh, So, so Tony, I guess I'll ask you uh, a, a similar thing here. How much do you feel like the pressure of playing in front of a crowd like that with those stakes, kind of bled into the Kings already playing an evenly matched team for the most part. How much do you think that that pressure led into the Kings losing that game?
2: It probably had some impact. I think what's kind of interesting is that if anyone would fall to that pressure, uh, it would have been a guy like Keegan Murray. And that was maybe Keegan Murray's worst game of the year was against the Timberwolves. So that's a good argument for the pressure in that, you know, and, and at the same time, though, if your rookie is the one, because Fox and Sabonis are both still pretty good in that game. Fox is a little bit less efficient than usual, but if, if anyone's going to fall to that and it's your rookie, I think you're kind of okay. And that's me being super forgiving for this team now. It's like, like I was saying before, it's hard to be too critical. To me, that loss was just the Timberwolves are also a, a fairly good team, not too much worse than the Kings. And they had even more to play for if you're, if you're the Kings and you have a a clinching opportunity, that's cool. And you, that's something to play for, but the Timberwolves are fighting for an out of the play in spot. So as a very good hungry team to lose a a close one where where your rookie is really playing poorly. Um, I don't, it didn't bother me all that much. It was a disappointing Sure, but we knew the Kings were going to clinch eventually. They just had that much of a, of a lead that, uh, I kind of chalked it up to the Minnesota Timberwolves really needed that win and to their credit, they got it.
1: Okay. So second game I want to talk about was yesterday at home to the Spurs. Again, the Kings had a chance to clinch, but this time it was the Pacific division having already clinched a playoff spot. Uh, the Spurs are a bad team. Uh, they were missing eight players, including Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, uh, uh, Jeremy Sochen. Um, We'll get the negative out of the way first. Uh, was this game a matter of the Kings playing with their food and then paying for that or is this kind of an indicator of a deeper problem within the kings and kind of a ceiling that limits them come playoff time with with the way their defense is right now well i i would
0: say it's a little bit of both you know i mean there's no doubt that uh you know when you have guys like uh champagne or you pronounce <laughs> yeah. his name and uh coming off the, getting 28 points and And I mean Trey Lyle or Trey Jones uh, getting the triple double. He's a nice player, and I. I, Yeah. But he shouldn't be a triple double guy. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, Dougie McDermott. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a bucket maker, but my God, you gotta you gotta keep him. He's not gonna get open if you don't want him to be open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not gonna. So, you know, him to get thirty points? Are you kidding me? (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, it's very disappointing because, like, say they certainly three of their best players didn't perform weren't weren't there and uh so there's no no excuse for the kings to lose the ball game honestly and and their defense was just i think about as bad as i've seen all year i mean you know offensively they you know they played offense good enough to win you know, I mean, certainly I've seen Fox play better. I've seen Savones play better, and all that. I mean, of all the guys, I thought Keegan Murray was terrific. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, you know, Harrison, you know, wasn't quite himself. I didn't think uh, till the game was near the end. But uh, yeah, just just awful defense. I mean, with all the back cuts and the straight line drives. Oh, oh, I'm I'm getting
1: sick thinking about it again. Was this a team that just let off the gas was just one of those things that they're like, you know what? The playoffs are already here. We've clinched this team sucks. We can beat them in our sleep. Or was this something else?
0: You know, I, I, I thought, and I was just as I was watching the game, I was talking to my friend, uh, Mari Gloucester. And I was just saying, you know, I think part of it is they had such easy games in Portland, mm-hmm. you know, right. that Portland was just, roll over mush balls. Yeah. And and I, I think some when you had two straight of those where you didn't you just you didn't have to play. They they made you win. They sure. forced you to win easily. Sure. That is it's tough to to you know, lose a little competitive edge. And I sure. thought we saw that early, just not competitive in the first uh, quarter. And then you let a bad team you know get to feeling good about themselves making shots and all that well that it's the nba all these guys are nba players and and you get you know you let guys get the get to feeling like they're good and that's what you get and that's what you got
1: uh, can any good come from losses like this for a team is this a wake-up call for a lackadaisical defense with four games to go before the playoffs
0: I can't think of anything. Uh, I mean, really, I don't. I don't think of it's. You know, it doesn't have to linger. True, but uh, but to say, oh, we got," you know, it's a great lesson. No, it isn't. It was just a poor performance, and and you know, you've got to play the next game. I mean, the guys are the guys have been through this. So they played bad games before, and lost home games that they should have won. So uh, I just take it as like, okay. Uh, This is a team that's bounced back on a pretty regular basis. And uh, they know that going into playoffs, they have to play better than that. So that's – no, there's no – I don't think there's a lesson other than you guys really crapped in the bed on that one.
1: Uh, Now some good stuff from this game. Jerry, not only did you attend this game, but you were honored with a straight-up standing ovation from an entire – crowds worth the people obviously the loss wasn't fun but uh describe that moment being back at golden one
0: well i i was it was terrific you know i uh, just getting to meet fans and and you know kind of people i know and others i didn't but you know just uh having the experience uh, you know obviously the i i wasn't expecting that i i certainly knew i'd maybe uh, visit with some fans and you know, take pictures, that sort of thing. I thought that was very possible, but to have the whole in-game program, I don't know how they got that. or They knew I'd be there, <laughs> but, uh, I thought it was really neat that Greg Popovich, uh, came to, you know, and caught my attention and gave me a salute. And I really appreciated that pop and I go back a ways, sure. but, uh, that was nice, you know, which I wasn't surprised that's who he is, yeah. but, uh, I was when I sat down. I gotta tell you though, I sat down and I go about the tenth row up there, and this uh, young lady—I mean, she's probably thirty-five or so—and she turned around, and looked at me, she said, "You look a lot like Jerry Reynolds." <laughs> I said, "Boy, that's a good—that's a good thing." Was, <laughs> I said. Uh, I said, it's not necessarily a, a, a positive, but I, it, that's who I am. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's kind of one of those things that, but no, it was really nice. And I mean, fans have always treated me better. than I deserve that's an example of it right there.
1: There was, there was a moment in the broadcast, Jerry, where they, they showed you and pop sharing that moment. Are you allowed to share uh, what he told you, Jerry? You know, I don't
0: know exactly what it was. You know, he was down on the floor and I, you know, I, he was kind of just giving me a thumbs up and give, give me a little clap or something like that. Okay. I, so, you know, I, I know just, you know, I, I know Greg and, and, you know, we've both been to the County fair and gotcha. and he knows the good and the bad and the ugly about the whole thing. And that's so true. I think that's more it than anything. It's like, yeah, you old fool, you've been through it. I've been through it <laughs> pretty, pretty soon. I'll be done with it too. You know, <laughs> it's a few years. We don't get wet win, win banana, maybe sooner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was a small part of it. There's like a 25% chance that Greg Popovich just talked a bunch of shit to you while you were while you were sitting there. Just said something just said something real funny but nasty to you about, about you sitting up there. So I wanted to make sure there. <laughs> well,
0: he 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 was capable of that. Yes, yes, and, he was. Uh, and as you know, I'm capable of that. Yes, so, you are. So, <laughs>
1: Uh I, I think back to uh, him him intentionally fouling Shaq like three minutes or three seconds into the first game of the season when Shaq was in Phoenix. And uh and I went, uh, I wonder if Greg would have done something to to Jerry today. So I'm I'm glad yeah. that it was a I'm glad it was a positive, but not Greg pulling. It was very it. positive. So I'm very appreciative
0: of that. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
1: Okay. One last thing about this game, Jerry. Uh we had a user submitted question today about your time at G1C that I had to ask. Mostly because I know you're an expert on this particular area, a good friend to the site and the podcast, Chris, uh, also known as Pocket Janitor on Twitter. He wanted to know, Jerry, how was the popcorn for you yesterday?
0: I didn't eat any, well, you know, and i I was uh, I was afraid to because if I get started, I would, you know, I love the popcorn there. <laughs> yeah. sure. You know, I I mean, for years there, I'd have the ladies in the press room; they'd always leave me a big part of a big sack you know they come sure. in those big giant yeah. sacks yeah. and they and they pass it out but they'd always have you know maybe a third of a sack left and sure. which would be enough to for like five pigs to eat for a week <laughs> but uh but but i would always i'd take it home with me you know people make fun of me i didn't care but I you know but anyway it's, it's not exactly the food for a diabetic to be honest with you but <laughs> but I, I i treat but but it's great paul you know, when it's, uh, it's some, somewhat warm, at least, you know, not sure. like three days old or something, but yeah. but yeah. but So, but I, no, I just made a point I wasn't going to do it. You know, sure. if I ate just a handful, I'd be gone.
1: So uh, seeing as how this is the last podcast before the end of the regular season, because again, we will be podcasting about playoff games this year. Uh, we have some awards to predict our handout. So um you guys can go as detailed or as short as you want to go on this one but I want to ask you guys what you feel about uh, the awards coming up for, for the end of this year. So we'll, we'll start with the big, heavy one uh, MVP. Obviously we've got Giannis Jokic and Embiid kind of battling it out there. Who do you guys think is going to take uh, the MVP award this season?
0: I'll, I'll let Tony go first on this, and I'll correct him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Jerry, this is a tough one, and this I feel like usually the MVP is wrapped up around this time, and maybe to some people it is, mm-hmm. but to me it's not. I I don't know who to who to pick here. I will lean towards Giannis because I don't know who to pick. It's a it's a crappy answer, but he he's who I would say is the best player in the league, and he's still in the conversation. And I guess that's good enough for me because I don't know who to pick out of these three.
0: Well, Tony, I this. I hate this, but I agree 1000% oh, nice. with you, but I'm, I'm very strong in this. I, I yeah. think he is the best. He is a most deserving player. He's the best player on, on the team with the best record in the league. Uh, he's a, you know, he's obviously a great offensive player, but he's good, really by far the best defensive player Definitely. of the top candidates. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, basically an unselfish guy, a great team guy. No, I, I I think you know just way I look at it is if you could start a team and you had to pick between Jokic and Embiid and Kumpo, you take Giannis, and I believe it. Every GM in the league would do that. I really believe that.
1: I kind of had this conspiracy theory a little bit ago that that Jokic and Embiid would kind of fight it out for the end, and that they'd almost split votes to the point where maybe Giannis could slip in there, but just kind of the way these last. Few weeks have gone. I truly think that Giannis has just supplanted them as as the MVP candidate there. So I I agree with you both. I was I was very Jokic right up until maybe the last month or so. And the more and more I watched Giannis, it was more and more like, oh no, I actually think it's going to be him this year. I and I think they're all three of them deserving to a certain extents. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think the discussion around Jokic, oh a three three time in a row MVP would what would that mean historically i think all that kind is kind of garbage you know you just give it to the best player on the you know the guy who you think is the most valuable player regardless of history but i do i do think that giannis antetokounmpo is going to be the guy that wins that one okay so uh so next we've got a uh, most improved who do you guys have for most improved player this year hmm
0: I I probably, I mean, and I think there's so many, you could go a hundred different ways on this, but I, I would go Laurie marketing just because yeah. not that he's improved more than some others, but because he's a legitimate major all-star now. Yeah. So he went from being a, just a, a player, a pretty good player to a major all-star that, that looks like he's going to be a major all-star for years to come. you know, almost a Dirk Nowitzki caliber type guy. And so, you know, I, I think that's remarkable. I mean, it, it's it's almost like a Steve Nash thing where he went from Dallas to Phoenix and just, yeah. you know, raised his game and status uh, miraculously. And you don't often see that. But so for me, I'd just go with him.
2: Yeah, I think I think Laurie is the best pick here because he was such a thrown away player for so long. Um, and, and now he's not just good. He's one of the best centers in the NBA. Uh, it's SGA has a good case too, but for different reasons. I think he was he, he he has been viewed as a very good player, but now he's one of the best four or five guards in the league, probably an All NBA player, which is a significant leap from where he was last year. So those are my two picks, but I'll, I'll go with Laurie.
1: Yeah, I would have been okay with SGA too. I, I had he played more games, I think Tyrese Halberton probably would have would have garnered some more interest, only because he seems to be a media darling. He seems to be one of those guys that everybody mm-hmm. loves to talk to and hang out with. But uh, no, I think I think it should absolutely be Lori Markman.
0: You know, I think if if I had a second choice, I, I would probably go Jalen Brunts.
1: Sure, uh, yeah.
0: You know, I mean, he was clearly a really good player in Dallas, but I mean, he's been a difference maker with the Knicks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I just think, and the guy's just a tough buckaroo, and uh, I love watching him. But anyway, but I still, but I, I and I don't think Jalen has gotten much enough credit. No, you know, uh for the level of player that he is. Uh,
1: okay. So our next one is a defensive player. Uh uh we've got a couple of candidates here. I'll list out a couple on because that one's kind of a weird one. I think Jaron Jackson's on that list. Brooke Lopez, uh, Giannis and You guys have any uh favorites for this one?
0: Well, I'd probably go Brooke Lopez. Uh yeah. you know, it seemed like that uh, you know, the the Bucks themselves think so.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, you know, he's it's been amazing to me, I mean, at his age, to be better today than he's ever been, really. Yeah. And to change his game, I, I remember him coming into the pro game, and he was just an inside player. And now he's a big perimeter stretch. I was t- t- off the topic here but I tell somebody, boy, if you could get any free agent in the league, I would take a hard look at Brooke Lopez. I know he may only have a couple years left, but you talk about a perfect fit with Perfect. the bonus, you know, guard the paint and play the perimeter, and knock it down, you know, and uh, you know, hey, overpay the big guy, but uh, but I'm sure that that's what the bucks will do, but I mean people say, well, he's only got a couple of years left. Well, if you want to win a championship, you better yeah. you know, who cares? <laughs> uh, get, <laughs> just uh, go for it yeah but anyway it, it, so I, it, it, I, I i like him i mean and and then the part is add to that okay if he gets defensive player of the year well you have an awful defensive team why not really look at trying to improve yourself by getting the best defensive player or one off
1: <laughs> jerry i hadn't even thought of that until you put it in my head and now it's all i'm gonna think about for the next three weeks
0: well as you know it i <laughs> I admired you for the Mo Bamba thing and I still think it would have been a good move, by the way. I agree with you. You know, it doesn't work so much in the Lakers, but, but that's the kind, but Brooke Lopez is just a far improved version. Yes.
1: Yes. You're absolutely right. Oh no. I'm going to have nightmares about this one. All free agency. (laughs) (laughs) I got a new favorite player for the Kings. Now, Uh, Tony, what about you? Who, Who are you looking for for defensive player of the year?
2: Yeah, I never considered Brook Lopez in free agency either because I just figure the Bucks will keep him, and maybe they will. But man, he'd be so perfect yeah. with Sabonis. Um, I I'd take Jaron Jackson Jr. here. I think it's a toss up between both players. I guess my this is not a, a great argument, but it's the one I'm going to use for this podcast. Is Jaron Jackson was uh he was an All Star, and it wasn't because of his offense. His offense is good, but he made that because the the coaches and and uh, people around this league really believe in his defense. Um, I think brooke lopez if i can give any nudge or 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 any argument in either direction he also has Giannis, who i think is a defensive player of the year candidate every year um which is super helpful and then memphis has good defensive players too but i do think jaron jackson jr really is the the anchor of that defense so i'll give him a nod as a as a younger player who's kind of making his stamp on the league
1: yeah i'm i'm fine with any of those three i i, I do think Giannis has a case i think he if Giannis wins mvp he won't win defensive player of the year just Somebody will be sitting there Mm. thinking in their head, oh, I'm going to give him the MVP. I can't give him the defensive player Mm. of the year. But Giannis will deserve it every year for the next six or seven years. Mm. Um, So I I cede my all decision-making to you two on that one. Mm. You know,
0: one thing I would say about uh, Jackson, and I think it's a great, great point that Tony brings up, you know, with the injury to Steven Adams, he's just done a remarkably good job at at the center position, you know. And so – it really show really does show to his value as a defensive player at whether at forward or center, which is which is outstanding for his his age. And certainly, I know Kings fans are glad they got Marvin Bagley instead of him. But
1: uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry, guys. I rub, just, it in, I, rub it in, Jerry. Rub it in.
0: No, well, no. <laughs> I almost I, forgot. Rub, I rub it into myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> okay uh this this one was a weird one for me to think about and i looked up a couple different sources on these but six man of the year does this one this year maybe maybe you guys can talk about this i feel like this year is a little lackadaisical or like a little like disappointing in terms of six man of the year there is no clear-cut 20 points off the bench you know guy super sub there's a lot of like middling players there like malik monk has a shot at this i feel like who do you guys have as a as your six man of the year
0: well, I mean, I think there's several. I mean, I think you'd look at, uh, I think, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you know, you have to think about him a little bit. I think Malik Monk's got a chance. Uh, who was the other guy that I liked? Uh, guys, I don't know. Uh,
1: quickly out of New York?
0: Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Quickly quickly starts quite a bit, too, though. Yeah. I, I mean, and boy, he's getting pretty good, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, that at some point, uh, you know, somebody's going to pay a lot of money to. I think. Yeah, uh, you know, I can't think who the other one. Oh, I know, Bob, my man Bobby Portis. You know, <laughs> I think he's got to be considered there. So, and really, uh, if you know, well, yeah, yeah. I guess that would kind of be it for me. Those three offhand.
1: Tony, what about you?
2: I I think I like Quickly here. Um it's weird. The Knicks have kind of to me anyways kind of gotten less respect than they deserve in in some type of ways with NBA awards and and you know Jerry mentioned mentioned Brunson earlier. I think Brunson should have been an All-Star and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um I think the Knicks are pretty good. Like I I like that team and the way they play and a lot of, and Quickly is like a huge part of it. He he has started uh more than a handful of games so I'm not sure how they will weigh his eligibility but um more of a shout out as anything just to the Knicks and how good of a year they've had. I'll I'll give it to quickly who I think has been a really nice player off the bench for them.
1: I was reading somebody's case for Tyrese maxi and maxi started 40 of his almost 60 games. So I feel like if, if, if maxi started 40 and can get some consideration quickly, who's started what 25, 30, I think he can, I think he can be in there on that one too. So I kind of go IQ on this one as well, but, Brogdon, I hadn't thought about Bobby Portis, but all those candidates are deserving, I feel like. Okay. Uh this is uh let's see here. This one this one's probably a blowout, but uh, I have cases for others. Um rookie of the year. Who do you guys feel like rookie of the year should be?
0: It's gotta be Banchero. I mean, I, I really think you can make the case for Keegan as number two mm-hmm. rookie. I think mm-hmm. very deserving case. Uh but uh other than Bancaro, there's nobody playing, I don't think, better than Keegan. When you count winning and sure. fitting in with a winning team, it, you know, it's, stats are stats, but I always say every losing team has leading score. And a lot of, a lot of the rookies are, and, and, and Bankero to some degree, except that he has made, uh, he has made Orlando much better. Yeah. You know, I mean, and so I, I, you know, I give him a lot of credit. I think he's been better than I thought, you know, just as, Maybe, uh, you know, Jabari Smith has not been as good as I thought, but but I mean, he's starting to come around too. But yeah. that'd be it for me. Bankero and then Keegan Murray second. That's the way I look at it. And maybe third, Mathlin.
2: Yeah, I, I think you give it to Bankero. the. Magic haven't been as bad as I kind of thought. And it's hard to give them credit for winning 34 games. You know, you don't want to weigh it too much. But Caro has kept them as a pretty decent team. They have not fallen apart. Um, but I do think Keegan Murray deserves a better argument than he's getting. Uh, no no rookie has done what he's doing, which is, well, number one, breaking the NBA three-point record for a rookie. But also just the, the what he means to what is actually a very good team is I think kind of not getting enough credit because it is sort of like a Bencaro is going to win this hundred percent, no argument. And I get that, but I do think it should be a little bit more of an argument and that Murray should get a little bit more credit for what he's doing for a team. That's actually really good.
0: You know, plus uh, one other thing about Keegan, and I think he's done month by month, he's gotten better. He has probably improved as a player you know, other rookies have improved. I I'm given him that, but but I, I think more than any other, I think he's. You know, you're just seeing parts of his game, really. Uh, you know, great teammate. So anyway, yeah, I'm. Uh, King's got to be thrilled with that pick.
1: It's funny because my my second place guy Ben Caro's my number one, but my second place guy most of the season's been Jalen Williams for OKC, and he's getting a lot of the talk that I kind of hoped Keegan would get in terms of like oh he contributes to winning. Jalen Williams has improved every mm-hmm. month of of his rookie year. He's had some incredible months where he was it was like oh my gosh, this kid is a future star in this league. And and yet the same conversation he gets in terms of like oh he's made OKC, you know, uh you know, he's a big part of their number 10 number 10 seed. We don't really get with Keegan in terms of helping them be a number 3 seed. And so Mm -hmm. I I think Jalen Williams and, and Keegan Murray kind of tie for me, but Keegan, you're right. Even, even in my own thinking, I have not put the same amount of thought into Keegan at number three as Jalen Williams is to number 10, even though they have, they've both improved every month. They both contribute to this winning team. Both are incredibly important to their respective squads. Okay. You know, you've changed my mind just in this conversation here, just in the last two minutes, we'll go Keegan number two, we'll go Jalen number three. Um, any any uh, any discussion at all for Walker Kessler or what he does for the Utah Jets? Oh, a-
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's uh, of of the guys, really. The surprise drafts, the guys that's really certainly proved they're way better than where they were picked. Sure. Uh, uh, that's that's him. I mean, <laughs> I've said, uh, Danny Ainge, uh, you know, traded Rudy Gobert and got eighteen zillion picks. And then drafted a guy probably better than Rudy Gobert. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and younger. So, yeah, I, gosh, that, uh, you got to like that guy. I mean, you know, he's a defensive anchor now for years to come. And, you know, uh, got that solved.
1: Okay. So, uh, coach of the year, do either of you guys have any sort of argument for anyone other than Mike Brown (laughs) at this point
2: in the season? I'm not going to make it.
0: No, not me either. No, a lot of good, a lot of good coaches, but no more none as deserving as Mike Brown. I agree with that.
1: Okay. Uh, Executive of the year. Do you guys have any, any arguments for anyone outside of Monty McNair?
0: I don't, I think, uh, I think it's a clear case in my mind. I'm, I mean, you know you could make a case that Palenka has done a great job the second half of the year but he did a crappy job the first half <laughs> yeah. last year or so yeah uh, no he put the I, bar
1: uh, so far uh, in the dirt <laughs> that he's just barely getting over it now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah he's just barely making up for his past <laughs> mistakes so uh you know i no i i just think uh, i mean has just been marvelous and kings are so lucky to have those two guys cuz uh leave them alone and and good things for a lot of years i think
2: Yeah. You can make cases for other teams. And I think this is where the Kings record helps Monty. Like if they were a play in team, like we kind of thought they might be this year, then he probably doesn't get it, but you, you go all the way to the third seed with all the moves he made to get them there. I don't know how you build an argument for anyone else. Yeah.
1: Uh, Clutch player of the year. Do you guys have any arguments for anyone other than De'Aaron Fox?
0: I don't No, Foxy. I mean, uh, he's been amazing. He's just been amazing. And uh you know, just watching his growth uh pretty much everywhere except three-point shooting, which I kind of wish you'd take fewer of them now. <laughs> just me. <laughs> I mean, when Sabonis is making a higher percentage, you know, that's probably telling you something. <laughs> but uh yeah, he's uh, he's been terrific. And you know, the confidence he has in his game shows and his teammates see it and they and they play off of it. Uh that's uh, that's a big reason why they have a chance to win any game they're in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, There's so many good players in this league, good clutch players in this league, but if you're going to, you know, I don't know for the way the award is for for, in the spirit of what this award is. I think you give it to Fox, although there's there's such competition here that I wouldn't be surprised if something weird happens and he doesn't get it, but I, I certainly think he's deserving and should be the one.
1: Okay. Uh last question involving this. Uh do you guys think that uh I asked this right after the all-star break, I think. And so we'll ask again here to wrap up the season. Do Fox and Zabonis make the all NBA team? Man, I think they do. But
0: I don't. they deserve it. I think they yeah. both deserve it. I'm not sure. It's gonna to be tougher for Fox than it will be yeah. for Sabonis, I think, Perfect. uh just because of the number of quality guards, big name guys, and and you know, you don't. You know, it's it's always a case sometimes where certain guys will get voted in because they've been in for years. Uh, you know, I mean, and I'm not I don't mean this to knock a Lillard or somebody, but yeah, he he's missed a lot of games, uh, but he's Damian Lillard, and and he is a great player. Yeah, and so so you know you you have that a little bit. I mean, the uh, Zach Levine does he? Is he better than Fox? I don't think so necessarily, but he's awfully good, and he's uh, he's been out there as a certified star longer, that type of thing. Yeah, and you know, and then take another step is guys that won't be considered yeah. in my mind, like Drew Holiday, Perfect. who's just absolutely terrific, yeah. uh, both both sides of the ball. Uh, underrated players, like I mentioned before, Brunson, uh, CJ McCollum, the most underrated player, probably of the last 10 years, uh, just as really good <laughs> <laughs> and, and nobody seems to talk about it
1: yeah.
0: anyway. So I, I'm done. I'm done with that. But anyway, yeah, I think Fox, Fox is a bonus, uh, are deserving as deserving as anybody.
1: All right, before we uh before we move on to the Patreon questions, uh we had a couple of extra questions, Jerry, that um we had some fans ask you today that I wanted to get to. Just just so we can get some opinions out of the way before we get to the all-star break. Or all-star break. The po- uh it's so weird. My Boy, brain still playoffs, hasn't accepted yeah, playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> My We're brain just reverted. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, it's it's been 16 years since I've had to say it. My brain's like it's the all-star break. If if something else is coming up, it's the all-star break. Okay. <laughs> we got some questions from fans. Um so um, so we're just going to ask those before we get we go to commercial break, and then we'll cut to the Patreon. Um, so Mike Paulson uh, um, asked Jerry, uh, how much should starters play this last week of the season?
0: That, that, that's a great question. I, I wish I, I really had the answer to that. The only thing I'd say, uh, I'd, I'll trust Mike Brown on that. I mean, I think he understands that better than probably anybody, his own team. And I do think that you'd like to give certainly Sabonis and Fox – some rest in there somewhere, Uh, whether it's, uh, you know, what game it is or two or the final game, you know, they have to decide, you know, just themselves. But yeah, I I definitely think you, you really need to, those two guys in particular, Harrison Barnes, certainly as well. Uh, They just have played a lot of minutes and you want them, you know, as fresh as you can to start the playoffs. So how you do it, Uh, I don't know, but, but it needs to be done some way.
1: Okay. So the next one here is, um, Daniel Schultz. He asks a runway trolley is headed down the track and will run over five Lakers fans who are tied to the tracks. You're standing by a lever that will divert the trolley onto a different track where only one person is tied, but that one person is a Kings fan. Should slash, would you pull the lever? Jerry, you got the trolley problem with Lakers and Kings fans.
0: Boys, just you know, I would just say, boys, too bad for you Laker people, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes sacrifices have to be made. You know, <laughs> you 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 chose your your
1: your destiny. <laughs> Tony, are you pulling the lever?
2: Uh, absolutely not.
1: Oh, <laughs> but you're also killing five Warriors fans. So, uh, if you're killing five Lakers fans, you might be killing five Warriors fans too.
0: They're also
2: Cowboys fans and Yankees (laughs) fans. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys,
0: I I might have to jump
2: on the trolley to give it a little more weight. Yeah, there you go. You don't want to get stuck on the first two.
1: Yeah. Got to make sure it clears through all five. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Last one is from Dutch Kings fan. Uh, This is a Jerry. I promise I did not write this question. Um, Dutch King fan asks. is jerry less or more likely to fall for will with his new look
0: well i am more likely i like will's <laughs> new look uh, you know it looks kind of like I, I texted you as you know when i saw the picture i said man you're kind of studly you know i was go say you know and uh, you know I, I do think probably you ought to get a couple neck tattoos and maybe a nose ring and uh <laughs> you know i think that would probably finish finish the look you know
1: i've been kind of i've been
0: i've been kind of thinking about that myself you know say, but, you know it might, might might get mrs reynolds fired up a little bit i
1: don't know uh I, i'm gonna lose my fiance, but i've gained jerry reynolds so that's all that matters yeah. uh, all right so we're going to cut to a quick commercial break here we'll be right back Sacramento Electronic Supply
0: now has stock on Trinnet switches, 5 to 18 port gigabyte power over Ethernet switches for all your networking and camera needs. Stop on by their location directly south of Costco in Rancho Cordova, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Hey, or visit them online 24-7 at www.cdc.com dot
1: okay we are back from the commercial break uh, tony it's now your time to shine go
2: ahead all right listeners of this show know that every week we ask a question from our king's herald patrons you can subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com slash kings herald you can submit questions to us there or on twitter or on the website in the comment section of the post for this episode We ask at least one question on the show every week, and any questions that don't get asked on the main show here get asked on our Patreon-exclusive Q&A, which gets posted once a month on our Patreon, where all the leftover questions get get answered. So if you don't hear it here, um, fear not. Jerry will answer it on the Patreon. We don't care how weird or uh, goofy the questions are. Sometimes those ones are the best ones, so keep submitting questions, and Jerry will get to them either here or on the Patreon-exclusive Q&A. We'll start with fossilized Flatus from our Patreon, and he says he has a question for Jerry. He wants to know where have all the point guards gone? There's Chris Paul and Tyrese Halliburton, but Fox, Jamal Murray, SGA don't seem like primary distributor quarterback types to me. Any thoughts on this? Other than that's just the way it is, as Domas, Jokic, Draymond have taken over that role for their respective teams.
0: Well, I do think that's a great question, and I think there is a change. It really goes along with the game. You know, you don't see uh, as many low post centers. Uh, you know, the post games have been eliminated to some degree, uh, uh, and really more of a positionless game of basketball, where where guys uh, you can't just plug them in as one, twos, threes, fours, fives of years past, and. Uh, So, so yeah, you know, a lot of teams can have, they won't have the true point guard, but they'll have two guards, uh, you know, the guys that can play off the ball with the ball. Now you would, if you have the Chris Pauls, that that's wonderful. But, but I, you know, but if you don't, why worry about it? If you've got other guys, I mean, or a different way to play. And so, uh, no, I, I, I would just look at it. It's a, it's a change in the game. And, and I think uh, the the way it's going, it, it's going more positionless. Uh, more guys need to be versatile to where they're valuable. Uh, Guard a couple positions because teams like to switch more, uh, play play a little zone more, uh, that type of thing. So is it good, bad? I, I, you know, like I say, I, I like the game. I like the way it's heading. I like the fact that, you know, you, you know, when I came to the league, you basically had to, you know, everybody had a seven foot stiff. They had to trot out there. Uh, you couldn't play zone. Uh, you, you know, uh, you know, there was, you didn't really shoot the three ball much. And so it's it just a different game. I like this game better. Uh, I, I do think that uh, the corner three is a joke, and I think they need to get rid of it. I, I, I just think it, in, you know, you'd get a little more. Uh, cuts to the basket and, you, and more post play, I think make for a better game. But I guess to answer your question, will there be, when you have a great, when a great point guard is available, then you'll have, one. if you don't have one, don't try to make them.
2: Will, uh, in your opinion, where have all the pass first point guards gone? That's a good question.
1: And, and I, th- I agree with Jerry all the way through. I, I just think that, I think that they've gone through AAU and like have come <laughs> yeah. out the other side of that, like being told mm-hmm. if you don't score 25 points, if you can't hit a 30 footer from eighth grade onward, then you're not, then you're not going to make it in the league. But I, I mean, like uh, is Trey. Young? I mean, it's Trey young, a point guard. He's a great passer. I mean, he's, he, he shoots a lot, but he's a good passer when he wants to be. Uh, Tyrese is still there. Like, I think we've got, I think the game is just, you know, as Jerry said, it's, it's like a less predictable game. Like you've got, Nikola Jokic, you've got Sabonis, you've got even even guys who I'm gonna like a like I think uh, Chet next year is gonna be a really good passer. Chet Holmgren is gonna be. You got mm. a lot of big guys who now you know you don't have to be Shaquille O'Neal or these big, thick, brooding stiffs as Jerry called them. You can be a big guy who can pass, who can focus on being a passer and make it in the league. Shengun, you know all these different guys where mm. like you don't have to be six two and a good passer. You can be a Luka Doncic where you're just a chunky Euro who loves to throw behind the back passes. Like they've just disseminated from being one position to all positions and you're not being forced into one thing you can pass from any spot on the floor now. And so they, it just, I don't know, the pass first point guards, not just pass first players. I I don't see them as disappearing. I just see them as evolved into every facet of the game instead of just being pigeonholed into one.
0: You know, the, uh, the thing too, I've noticed, I mean, I, Maybe just you know the interesting thing to me is guys like past first guys like Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley true point but they're older and they're yeah, yeah. you know Chris Paul I mean you're really seeing uh, with the exception of Halliburton you know and I don't necessarily think he's a totally past first guy I mean he is a playmaker but he's a scorer yeah. too uh, but I mean he's he is probably where that type of player is where you almost need to be with your, with your point guard. Now, if you have so, so so-called point guard, he has to be able to score a little more than we've thought in the past. Yeah. And so just with the defense that's played now, you you just have to get a lot more points out of that position.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's other examples of this too, but for me where it kind of hit me was Ricky Rubio, where it was like, Oh, you can't, you can't just be a great passer. Like you kind of have to give him a little bit more than that, or you're you're not one of those top level guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. great, great point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, Ricky's had a terrific career, but if he were yep. coming into the league now, I don't think he'd have near the value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's uh, that's kind. Of, and I, you know, it, you go back to the John Stockton's and those guys. Well, it, it would be. It's a different game now. I mean, he'd still be outstanding. I'm not sure he would be the level of greatness that he was. Just like. Other players at that age or era might even be better in today's game, yeah. uh, because of the shooting ability and scoring ability. So it's just an interesting. That's why I love the game. I mean, it it changes a lot. Some things are better, and some things aren't, or but they're not necessarily worse, but they're different. Yeah.
2: And it could change again. Not it might not go exactly back there, but like the big man was was thought of as being a, a bit of a of a dead position in certain ways. But now it seems like every team needs to have some big rebounders in the paint. Where you know it went really small for a while, and then it sort of bounced back around a little bit. So, but
0: it but as to your point is to your point earlier though, Tony, which I think's right. I mean, your your big guys are different kinds of big guys. Yeah. Yep. You know, they're they're versatile. The DeAndre Ayton's. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're going to have a big guy, he's got to be athletic to where he can run the floor. And I think that's the key. You know, you better have a guy. He's got to be able to change ends. He's got to be able to change
2: ends. All right. Next question comes from Mark Anstead from Patreon. And this is a a fun question to revisit in this moment in particular. So I want to take a temperature check and see where you guys stand. Um, Jerry, at this point and in our recent success in mind, would you totally swap squads with Dallas to have Luka Doncic for the future?
0: No, no. I mean, I, I, I'm. I mean, I think Luka, you know, is not getting. I mean, he's probably getting more criticism now than he deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, he. No, I wouldn't do that. I, I think uh, as good as he is, uh, he's like every other great or near great player he's got to have a, a team around him and he doesn't and i mean and, and it's it's affecting him and but you know so, but i guess the short answer and i'll say the kid no i wouldn't do that mm-hmm. i think that the kings are close you know closer to being a championship contender the way they are and they certainly need improvements uh but they they can be you know, it's kind of like the old uh, the kings of the early two thousands, to where you uh, you you make the playoffs, you're good, but you're not good enough, and then you you get a Christie, you get a Bibby, uh, and then you know, and all of a sudden now you you're better. You know, you, you have to change, it not you're not necessarily getting more talented, but you're getting better, and that's 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 the hard. And that's what we'll have to watch and just hope happens. And and why wouldn't you have faith that Monte there and, and and Mike Brown will 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 do that?
2: Will uh, are you are you swapping positions with the Mavericks? Yeah,
1: I'm curious when uh, when he asks, would you swap squads? Do I retain the general manager and the coach? Because that would be a big part of my mm-hmm. my decision, one way or another. I think,
2: yeah, I think maybe talent for talent, like, is the more interesting.
1: Okay, because if 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 I gave Monty McNair, Luka Doncic, and this particular team, uh, I think I think Monty McNair can, uh, not that he can spin gold out of hay, but Monty McNair would. I mean, he took a Sacramento Kings squad who won thirty games last year and made the right moves into making them uh, a, a potentially a fifty-win squad. I think if you have Luka Doncic and you just have the talent and the draft picks, I don't care if Kyrie Irving stays or goes, but I think, I think Monty McNair is a, a, could, could build a team around Luka Doncic fairly quickly. I don't have that same uh, confidence in Nico Harrison, like uh, Jason Kidd, I don't think is a good coach for that squad. I don't think he'll be coaching next year for them. So if I, if I, if the staff comes along with it, heck no. But like, if I get to keep, Mike Brown and I get to keep Monty McNair and we're just swipping just just switching like players. Uh, I would still probably keep the keep the Kings, but it's a it's a lot closer. Obviously, Luca being 24 by the end of his contract's i mean making almost 50 million dollars a year. Like that'll be tied up a little bit. They have some first-round picks later on down the road that that but like Dallas, I think, has most of their picks. I think they they owe next year's and or maybe this year's, but like uh, it would be close. It would be close, but I I think I still keep the Kings for all the reasons Jerry said. I, I think it's just simpler, cleaner to keep the King squad than to have to ask Monty McNair, hey, go work your magic again. Yeah, the only
0: way I, it would make sense to me, and I wouldn't do it, but is if if in fact you like you say you could keep your coach GM yeah. and, and and also uh, maintain a sign and trade with uh with Kyrie because yeah. I wouldn't want him no. going no. forward. No. But if you could, you know, in my mind, if if Lakers want him, if you could get Vanderbilt and yeah. Hashimura and, and and Reeves for him, uh, you know, all of a sudden, sudden you you all of a sudden you're in the ball game again. But yeah. but but why do that? You you kind of got that going for you now with a couple of additions.
2: I hate to be this guy, but I'm going I'm going to say it. Uh my only caveat for this answer is if the Kings can keep Sabonis, I will take the Kings. If you ask me this question in a year and something screwy happens with his free agency or he decides he wants to go to some other team or whatever and you're without Sabonis, then I'm I will take the Luka Doncic package. But yeah, my answer is entirely dependent on the Kings' ability to keep Sabonis. I think they will, but that's that is a fear in the back of my head.
0: So interesting question. It's a really interesting yeah, question. I'll a, say yeah, that. That's, that's something I had never thought of. <laughs> a lot of things I don't think of. But
1: that's it.
2: Will, that's all I got for questions today.
1: Okay. So, we, Jerry, we are rolling over to you for the uh, Reynolds wrap-up. What do you got for us, Jerry?
0: Well, I, I guess the only thing I can think of is just the, this last week. Uh, it's, it's so interesting. When you look at uh, both conferences, East and West, I mean, every game, really has a lot of significance. And I I just can't remember it like this to where you didn't have a truly great team in the league. Uh, Certainly the East has some interesting, better teams, but in the West, it's like, it is really wide open. I mean, really, if you look at uh, Denver at number one to to, uh, the Pelicans, I'm not sure talent, the talent gap is even a gap, but uh, you know, so, yeah, I, it it's just uh, you know the the NBA is remarkable. It's why I really enjoy it so much. But each year it, it just has its own personality, and and this is I, I'm sure it's happened in the history, but I I sure can't remember it to when when it it wouldn't surprise me uh, of any of eight or nine teams come out of the West. I mean, it's just who's healthy and 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 you know getting kind of like the ncaa tournament you know when you won one of course that's one and done and and certainly with seven games uh the best team should win but uh that's for sure but but it's uh i don't know that's why i'm still enthusiastic
1: about the kings why not why not jerry why not indeed all righty well for everyone uh at the king's herald for uh on behalf of tony and jerry i want to thank you guys for listening to uh another episode of the uh the King's Herald show it's uh it's always a joy getting to uh to hang out with Tony and Jerry for an hour or so and uh in years past it was a uh, commiserate together and uh <laughs> and, and now uh this season it's it's been uh it's been celebrating together and uh I I was just looking at the date and the next time that we we talk we might be a game or so into the into the playoff race to see uh whether or not the King's can uh can uh, build upon the uh the future in which they set for themselves this season so um but it's going go it's gonna be
0: fun regardless be fun. we know that yeah. don't we
1: you Can't are absolutely wait. right cannot wait <laughs> so on behalf of everybody at the king's child i want to thank you guys and uh we will see you guys in the playoffs in two weeks thanks so much